Soul of America Radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. In 2000, it was 1.4 million, 
and in 2008 it was 2.8 million. So that went from less than 1% up to about 3.9% of the marriages or uh, interracial or between different ethnic groups. And so I think some of that can be related to some of the social change that we've seen over the last decades. But even though there's been a lot of social change, there seems to be a lot of mixed responses uh, to mixed marriages. And so as people look at that, if they make that decision to marry someone from a different racial or ethnic group or a different social economic uh, class, um, a lot of times we forget that there are differences socioeconomically and otherwise even within the same ethnic group. But uh, when we look at how much diversity has increased in our country, uh, especially with the Hispanic or Latino uh, population and with other uh, races and ethnic groups as well, then I think that's going to become much more common than it has been even over the last several decades. Um, And we want to kind of look at that, and hopefully we'll have some people to call in and share their opinions. It's the type of thing where uh, we want to kind of get a dialogue going and uh, just getting people to uh, think about it, not to throw out a lot of statistics, but uh, to get us into a dialogue. Um, And feel free to jump in at any time. (laughs) Okay. Um, As I was looking at some of the statistics, uh, there are some patterns um that I see and it looks like white Americans statistically are less likely to wed outside of their race. Um and that's played out with statistics. Uh, only two point one percent um of white women and two point three percent of white men are married to a non white spouse. And although So it's they, actually so percentage-wise, it's actually more men, white men married outside of their race than white women? Well, it's, it's relatively close. 2.1% and 2.3% is relatively close. Um, 1% of all uh, married white men were married to an Asian American, and 1% of white women were married to a man classified as other. So although the percentages are low, because they make up a larger segment of the population, the numbers are higher. For example, the statistics in 2010 said there were 50.4 million white men that were married with a white wife, Um, 168,000 had a black wife, 529,000 had an Asian wife, and 480,000 other. And so you see the trend there is that they were more likely to marry within their race, uh, more likely to marry an Asian wife than a black wife. And, um, you know, whereas with black men, uh, 390,000 had a white wife, uh, 4.7 million had a black wife, 39,000 Asian and 66 thousand that were other. So you see the trend is that people basically overall tend to more like to marry within their race. I know we have a lot of stereotypes about uh, black men being married to white women or other races, but uh, when you look at the percentages uh, that's relatively low, they're more likely uh, with each race or ethnic group they're more likely to marry within their race. It's a little different with Asians. Uh, they are less likely to uh, marry outside their race. Um, they said that 219,000 had a white wife, uh, only 9,000 had a black wife, uh, 2.8 million were married to Asian wives, and 28,000 others. So, again, that's maintaining that trend of uh, marrying within your race. Um, So that's one thing to look at is that we see, I think we tend to stereotype or we jump to conclusions without always having the facts. Uh, But when you look at the statistics, it just shows that by and large people tend to 
uh, marry within their race. But if you look at the numbers between 1970 and 2010, uh, the number of um, interracial couples has grown significantly during that period of time. And when you think about some of the social changes um, that have taken place, our society has just become uh, more diverse. And a lot of people that are 30 years old and younger, a lot of them don't remember some of the things from back during uh, segregation. So some of the stuff that was coming back then uh, would be unknown to them. They just assume that it's always been the way that it is, and that's not really uh, the case. And I think as our country becomes more diverse, those numbers are probably going to change. You're going to see uh, more of that, and there's going to be a different balance between the races. Um, I think that it's already shown in some areas where the Hispanic Latino population in some areas has outgrown the African-American population, um, and some of these other ethnic and minority groups are going to outnumber uh, whites and African-Americans um, eventually. So it will be interesting to look at the social trends and look at the demographic trends and to see what this country was like uh, 300 years ago and what it is now, uh, things have changed um, significantly. So that will be something interesting uh, to continue to look at. One of the things that I think you know is important is people that make decisions to get involved in a relationship like that um, <clears throat> oftentimes uh, they are faced with a lot of obstacles, and marriage is a difficult transition as it is. So when you bring into some of these other factors into the mix, then it becomes even more of a challenge. And I think that you know one thing, for example, is that people have to think about the pressure that they get from their family. They have to think about children if they're children. And I was looking at some of the statistics about bullying, and it seems like there's a direct correlation uh, that a lot of children that are of mixed race or mixed ethnicity tend to sometimes be more subjected to bullying um, than otherwise. Um, and so that's something that is going to become more common as you have more interracial couples. They're going to be more interracial kids, and that sometimes can be uh, an issue for folks. So I think that uh, as couples look at this, it's going to vary from uh, area to area, and I think that um, depending on which area of the country you live in uh, will influence what kind of um, reaction you're going to have uh, to that type of a situation. Well, now, Bo, I know when the soldiers were fighting, like with, um, I believe it was Korea, mm-hmm. and they, um, you know, they started having, they started in, intermingling with the local women there, and they had children with them, and I think they would ostracize those kids that were born from American soldiers. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, you know, been true, and I know in the past, uh, for example, back during the Vietnam War, a lot of uh, people, the ones that were fortunate enough to come back, uh, ended up, you know, marrying. Some, they would bring back a Vietnamese or an Asian uh, wife, and if there were children, a lot of time they would, you know, suffer. Uh, I think one of the differences now is that we have so much more diversity. In the past, you know, it was like a black and white thing, but now you've got so many different racial and ethnic groups. Um, it's going to be mixed, and not just between black and white, but um, black and white and Asian, Hispanic, and whatever mix you can you know, think about. But you have to think about, um, you can't help but think about the impact it's going to have on the children, um, because when you have a mixed couple like that, um, as I said earlier, they not only have to deal with the typical problems of marriage, 
Uh, they also have to deal with uh, things that are unique to a mixed marriage. So we're going to take a short break here, and then uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about some of the challenges that these folks face. So come back and join us shortly. invite you to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Get information about the show, segments, the staff, anything you want to find out. And now, if you're listening to the show right now and want to speak to the host, press 1 if you're listening via phone and you will be connected to the host. If you're listening over the internet and want to speak, pick up your phone and dial 323-784-9638 and press 1. Or either just hang on and listen to the show. And now, back to the show. Man, Big Easy knows everything on the Soul of America Radio. Changes. 
and sometimes you know they can be rejected by family. I've uh, known of situations where the family just ostracized them or just acted as if they're dead practically, where they're just uh, totally opposed to it. So when a couple makes that decision, you know they have to take all of those things into account um, and to deal with that. Uh, you have to look at what their experience has been prior to that. And I think it's important for them to um, have family support. But if you're in that situation and you know you don't have the support of your family, that can create a conflict of allegiance because you're torn between this person that you love and you want to have a life with and the family that you've had this lifelong attachment with. And so if you feel like you've got to make a choice, uh, that can be a very difficult choice, and some families are a bit unleavened and un- unforgiving because they sometimes feel betrayed uh, when someone in their family uh, decides to uh, marry outside of their um, socioeconomic strata, their racial, ethnic strata, whatever. Uh, sometimes the family can feel like you have betrayed the family, uh, you violated our principles and values, and sometimes that can be uh, difficult to overcome. So people sometimes are put in a position of having to make choices between the person that they've come to love and want to marry and the family that they also um, want love. And so it's important for you to deal with those things on the front end. I think with any marriage it's important that you have premarital counseling to look at things, because one of the things, whether it's uh, interracial and interethnic marriage or same race, I think people need to look in the beginning at what is it that your expectations are, um, how are you going to make sure that you uh, have solid communication and problem-solving skills, how are you going to handle some of those differences, because a lot of times in a situation like this, some of the normal natural conflict and differences takes on a racial tone, not because it's racial, but because that's the most obvious difference. And so mm-hmm. you have to be mindful of that. I remember several years ago when I worked at this psychiatric hospital, uh, this lady came in. She was extremely angry at her son-in-law, who happened to be African-American, and she just, you know, didn't have anything positive to say about black folks. Well, the psychiatrist didn't make it any better because she assigned he assigned her to me for her therapy. <laughs> and when she walked in and saw me and I was the same color as her son-in-law, she wanted no parts of that. And he told her, he said, you know, um, I want you to just give it a chance. You go for three sessions. And if after three sessions you decided that you have a legitimate reason not to continue going, I will reassign you, but you've got to go at least three times. And one of the things that I told her to do, I acknowledged first um, that I wasn't taking it personally, that she didn't you know, want to see me. And I told her, I said, i tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go and make a list of all the things that you don't like about your son-in-law. And she came back with her list, and he was a drug dealer. He was physically abusive. He didn't do any legal work, and she went on down the list. And I said, okay, now I want you to um, give me your list, and I want you to close your eyes, and I'm going to read your list back to you. But as I read this list back to you, I want you to pretend that your son-in-law is white. And Mm -hmm. so I proceeded to read the list, and after about the fourth thing, she broke out in tears. And she said this is the first time that she had come to realize that it didn't matter what color her son-in-law was, that his behavior was still um, inappropriate and undesirable. So she came to realize that although there was an issue with color, uh, with race, that wasn't the bottom line. The bottom line was that he was just not a good person no matter what race he was. And so I think that's what people have to take into account uh, when it's a mixed relationship like that. It's sometimes very typical issues and conflicts will take on a racial tone, even though that might not 
be but a small portion of it, and people need to look beyond that in order to deal with their issues. And I think that they have to be real considerate of if you have children, how are you going to prepare your children for that? How are you going to deal with that? Because sometimes that could, they can have uh, a little confusion about who they are. And yeah. a lot that influence on what kind of traditions um, the family celebrates and how you're going to um, to deal with that. And I was just thinking, now who was it? Um, I don't know if it was Jay Anthony Brown or Jay Wilburn, one of those um, comedians just the other day. I was thinking about this. I said, they must know what we're going to be talking about Thursday because he made the comment, <laughs> don't bring her home or she can't use my comb. <laughs> but I think that you have to consider even when you have a couple that's of the same race or ethnicity, if they have different family traditions and different family values, they can have some of the same problems as, you know, an interracial couple. For example, how do they celebrate the holidays? Uh, whose parents are you going to visit? Uh, during the holidays. Those are things that could be an issue uh, with anybody, but when it's a different racial or ethnic group, you're going to have different values and different traditions and different ways of celebrating things. And if you expect everybody to get along or to uh, share those values, that's typically not going to be the case. But again, it's one of those examples where it's a different value when you really get down to the bottom line and race or ethnicity is just one characteristic of all the different characteristics. But when it's an interracial or an interethnic situation, that's going to take the focus, even though some of these traditions or some of these conflicts may be very typical no matter what race you are. Well, now, Bo, what if, what if the couple, um, what if they're of different religious backgrounds? But see, that's, I mean, that, that's that one, can, that be, can more... be the value. You know, um, now, if they're of different religious backgrounds, that could be a conflict no matter if they're the same race and ethnicity or different. Now, if, it, you know, if it, you have a different race or different ethnicity, that can kind of aggravate it. But they are, when I first talked about this, as I was telling you, I said, you know, I know that when I say mixed marriages, the first thing that people are going to think about is race or ethnicity, but my original thought, and still the whole thing is that any difference, any well, there's a different value, different you know religious values, uh, different political uh, views and opinions. Um, there are a lot of mixed marriages where on Sunday morning the husband goes to one church and the wife and the kids you know go somewhere else, and sometimes. Everybody goes somewhere different, uh, or you have one going somewhere and the other one staying home. So that's a mixed marriage. You're, you're talking about mixed or different values. And so you can have different values and different expectations, even if you're of the same race and ethnicity. And I think as a couple, you have to decide on the front end how you're going to handle those things and especially if there are children involved. You you don't want to add to their confusion where they can't get together as a family and when there are significant events, then mom's going one way and dad's going the other, or if they go together, you know, somebody's unhappy um, and they spoil everybody's day. So you have to take those things into account, and I think the one way of dealing with that is um, you know, the premarital counseling, and sometimes uh, people need to have that ongoing. But when you talk about the different religious values, you think about that scripture that talks about not being unequally yoked. Uh, that's basically mm-hmm. talking about uh, different values and different beliefs. But that can be true regardless of your race or ethnicity. But if it's a mixed race or ethnicity, I think that just aggravates the problem. Yeah, it's going to compound it, no doubt. Mhm. But if you're talking about a, a group, how are you going to um, celebrate, you know, celebrate your holidays? If you got one couple that wants to, you know, one wants to celebrate Christmas, the other one wants to celebrate Kwanzaa or Hanukkah or, <laughs> or 
Um, and you have, um, if you have, for example, you could have, I think people sometimes get race and ethnicity mixed up. You know, a lot of people uh, think about, you know, the Jewish race. Well, that's really a religious, you know, group. Um, you have people that are Muslims. Um, you know, that's not really a race. That's a religious group. And so you can have people of the same race but different religious groups, um, and you can have a mixed marriage could be um, an African-American and a white person. They both could be Muslim, for example. Uh, you have some African-Americans that convert to Judaism. So you introduce other factors besides race and ethnicity, then you're really getting into uh, religious practices and preferences and that sort of thing. I think it's important that if you find yourself um, in a mixed situation like that, and some people go into it purposely and intentionally, and that's their preference, and some find themselves um, becoming attracted to someone that happens to be of a different race or ethnicity, and it's not something that they set out to do. It just happened that way, which is the same thing that happens even if you're of the same race and ethnicity. So regardless, I think it's important that you have a clear, accurate assessment of yourself and the other person and that you got to be realistic. I don't think that it's realistic for you to get into a situation like that and to expect not to have problems. Uh, that's just going to have some inherent problems because our society has changed, but we haven't come so far that that's still not going to be a problem sometimes. So I think that you have to look at that. And the bottom line is that you have to acknowledge the reality that there is a difference, that there are going to be prejudices, that there's going to be discrimination, and you have to determine because of that unavoidable reality then what are we going to do to help us to negotiate this and to try to have as stable a situation as you can? But I think that if you don't go into it uh, with your eyes open and plan ahead and to deal with some of these realities, uh, then you know that's going to be a problem. And, you know, contrary to a lot of the stereotypes <clears throat> that we have, uh, the statistics that we were looking at earlier, um, I mentioned about the regional. Uh, they said that in the 2008, the 22% um, of the couples in the West were interracial, interethnic, compared to 13% in the South and Northeast and 11% in the Midwest. So you think about a lot of the stereotypical comments about California <laughs> and the West. Uh, it seems like it's more generally accepted in that area. But when I, you think about the stereotype and about some people uh, not approving of it, uh, the statistics on that particular research said that most Americans say that they approve of interracial or interethnic marriage, uh, not just in general, but even in their family. And so I think overall people might have become um, more accepting, but I think that it's still going to be a long time uh, before it becomes you know, so generally accepted that you aren't going to have some of the problems that you encounter uh, because of that. You know, time is really flying. It's time for another break. So go ahead and take a break. And we'll be back shortly. So welcome and call in and talk to us. Okay.
Radio, Coast to Coast. You're listening to the Soul of America Radio. You're listening to the Before we get back to the show, let me invite you to www.soulofamericaradio.com. Get information about the show, segments, the staff, anything you want to find out. And now, if you're listening to the show right now and want to speak to the host, press 1 if you're listening via phone, and you will be connected to the host. If you're listening over the Internet and want to speak, pick up your phone and dial 323-784-9638 and press 1, or either just hang on and listen to the show. And now, back to the show. that it was both ways. 
I think most of the time it was the you know white master, um, you know, and the slaves. But there were instances where um, some of the mistresses <laughs> were kind of stepping out back too, and that's why we have yeah. so many uh, different shades, you know, in the races. But you know, I don't think people stop to think about it. But um, some of those same folks that thought that we were only three fifths human and that we weren't worthy of our rights also were some of those that were guilty of bestiality and some other perversions that people stopped to. That was just crazy. Uh, you had certain laws and rules, but it was a little inconsistent. But it's just been as recent as 1967 uh, that intermarriage became legal uh, in most states. It was going on all along, even though it was against the law, uh, people did it anyway, but um, things have changed. But I think it's important that you um, – it takes a thick skin. It takes a couple really working together because there's always going to be some things that are going to interfere. And if you are concerned about what other people think and you don't stick together, then that can put a wedge in that relationship um, if you don't – I think it's important for you to show uh, you got to respect each other's culture and not feel like you got to choose one or the other. And some people have the perception that children raised in an environment like that have uh, that it can be advantageous because they can be exposed to multiple cultures and therefore it enhances their experience in life. Uh, some people may or may not agree with that, but I think it's important to work together where you don't feel like you got to choose one culture or the other, or where you don't feel like, well, when there are holidays or celebrations, I'm going to go and be with my family, you're going to go and be with yours. But uh, unfortunately, that happens sometimes in people that are of the same race and ethnicity. Yeah, I was going to say, that's <laughs> They just don't get along too good, and it's like oil and water. They you don't go to certain functions because these folks can't get along. And sometimes there's always going to be somebody caught in the middle that gets along with both sides, and then they want you to choose sides, and then you're in the doghouse because of someone being narrow-minded. But I think that it's important for um, them to – you have to value your differences, and you have to celebrate your differences. I think that – um, we are we have a lot more in common than we do different. I think sometimes, but it's important for all couples to do that. But particularly if you have um, different race or ethnicity, because you're again you're basically talking about a different set of values, and it's important to not overlook that. Once you get past race and ethnicity, the bottom line is that you have a different set of values. I think it's important now, for people. Oh, so, mm-hmm. let me ask something. If if you should get into a relationship with someone of another nationality, is it best to? I mean, once you two have defined what your relationship is, is it best to try to 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 um, I what's the word? Is it best to to really you know kind of have your family mingling with? the person so that they can get to know the person? I mean, would it would it be best to just kind of introduce the person to your family so that they can get to know them before you, you know, start making the big announcements of weddings and all this yeah. stuff? Just allow them the chance to just meet the person and, and maybe start to learn how they are. Well, in my opinion, I think the earlier you start introducing that person to your family, the more time they have to adjust. But unfortunately, sometimes because of the anticipated rejection and ostracism, they won't do that until the last minute. And I was trying to think, there was a movie on um, where this it was an African-American woman and um, her white boyfriend, Bernie Mac, uh, played the father. And, oh, I, I can't uh, think of it. I know what you're talking about. Is it Guess who's coming, to, uh, who's coming to dinner? Or I think so. But uh, Bernie Mac um, played the father, and they didn't know until he walked in the door. You know, they thought he was a taxi driver or something. <laughs> so, yeah. 
<laughs> so I think the sooner you tell, and you just get it out of the way. And you know, I think that sometimes people are—they know their family and they know how they are likely to respond. But sometimes you have to face the reality. If you care enough about that person that you really want to have a relationship with them, then the sooner you introduce them to your family and start making that transition, you have more time to uh, make that adjustment. Um, But I think that you have to be prepared to not force the issue. Uh, You have to be prepared to uh, be patient because sometimes it takes uh, a while for people to come around. And that's true of any difference. Uh, when you have a, a significant value difference, uh, that can be true uh, with any family. So I think that you have to be realistic. Um, you're different. You are always going to be different. But I think you have to try to figure out what do we have in common and do we have enough that will strike a balance that will help us to survive. Because the minute you start ignoring your differences as if they're going to go away, you get stuck in denial, and I think you open yourself up to miss opportunities to, you know, to build that relationship. But you also open the door for some little conflicts to come in and become big conflicts. Uh, you have to always be realistic, um, and you want your family support. But what if they don't agree? You know, that gets back to what I said earlier. Uh, sometimes people are in a position where they feel like they've got to choose between the person that they care about and their family. And that can be a very difficult struggle for people, especially uh, depending on what type of family values you know that you have. Um, if you are in a situation like that, uh, you sometimes are going to have uh, conflicts of allegiance where you Find yourself trying to defend the person that has the negative attitude, whether it's one of your parents or an aunt or an uncle or whatever, whoever the relative might be. Uh, sometimes people feel like they have to explain or defend their family, but the reality is you just have to accept your differences and you know move on from there. Uh, if you've got children involved, it's going to be extremely important for you uh, to prepare them, and that's something that I think the couple has to work together on, and it has to be very planful. Um, and early on, I think if you start educating your children about your culture and about your values and to show them the positive sides of each one of them, then your children will have a double blessing because they are going to be exposed. It's just like with a lot of the immigrants that we have, a lot of the Latino and other immigrants, the second generation children are different because um, more of them speak English, for example, more of them are going to assimilate into the mainstream culture, and it's the older parents and older people that tend to hold on to the old traditions. Um, We're dealing with the, the church that I attend has a Hispanic uh, segment of the congregation, and um, there are kids all over the place. Uh, there are probably about one-third of the congregation or children, like 16 years or younger, like little kids. And most of them speak English, but a lot of them, their parents um, speak a little English at home, uh, they speak Spanish, but when they are outside the home, uh, they speak English. So, well, folks, it's time for another break. Uh, we'll be taking a little break, and then we'll wrap it up. But, again, if you want to call in, the number is 323-784-9638. Uh, we'll be back shortly, and then we'll be wrapping it up for the night.
of the Soul of America Radio. Her mission is to provide you with soulful talk radio with blazing hot topics at www.soulofamericaradio.com. Climb aboard and ride where no one has gone before. Speak to the host at show by phone and want to make a comment, press 1 to speak to the host. Otherwise, you can call in if you're listening on the internet at 323-784-9638, and then you can press 1 if you want to speak to the host. And now, back to the show. Sometimes people 
aren't very bashful about expressing their opinions, but um, people can overcome these challenges. But the key to remember is that the bottom line is when there are different values, there can be challenges and conflicts. It's just aggravated because of our focus on race and ethnicity uh, when it's a mixed marriage. But you have to stop to think, what's the bottom line issue here? Is it race, or is this just a typical conflict that all couples face? In, in a lot of instances, that's going to be true. But the reality is that the race and ethnicity is going to be unavoidable no matter how you cut it because we just live in a society that, although it's changed some, uh, there's still a lot of room for growth. Um, yeah. Well, you know, people still aren't as accepting of other nationalities as far as in a marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, that's true. I, another thing that I don't think people often think about is that I've seen instances where even in interracial marriage, uh, they will still, even they will have some, <laughs> share some of the stereotypes uh, that exist in our society. Um, but that's also true in uh, marriages that are not mixed, where people, it's ironic that they will have some of those stereotypical uh, discriminatory beliefs about people. And I have seen an instance where the person says, well, this person is different. Uh, and the example was that this person um, had you know, shouted a, a racial slur and everybody was looking at them and was saying, "Well, you're married to a you know a black man, so but I think that people tend to see their spouse or their mate as being different or unique, and that's not true uh, just because you're married in a situation like that doesn't change your affiliation with whatever your racial or ethnic group is, but sometimes people do see them as a little different. Um, and that's that can be confusing for the children. Um, it can be confusing for other family members. But I think that that you know, if you decide to get into a relationship like that, you have to be prepared uh, to deal with the fallout because uh, we live in a society that um, there's only going to be a certain percentage of folks that will genuinely be okay with it. Um, Well, it sounds like we're getting down to the uh, closing mark and so that we don't end up getting cut off in mid-sentence. <laughs> <laughs> getting to talking and all of a sudden you're hearing Lattimore cutting you off. <laughs> well, we ought to thank people for listening in. We have some folks that were on but didn't uh, hit the button, but... Uh, hopefully the rain will go away and we'll come up with something next week and if we can't get some folks to call in. So uh, good luck with your school and I hope everything goes well with you. All right. Well, I certainly appreciate it. I think a lot of people just like to get your suck, suck you dry and get your information. <laughs> well, I'm going to come up with something that will get them to call in. i have to figure that out. <laughs> Well, you have a good weekend, Bo. Okay, well, see you next week. All right. All right.